Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of the Training with Tucker podcast. My name is Tucker Gross. I am an endurance athlete and coach. I started this podcast to put out short weekly episodes on a variety of different training topics to help athletes out there improve and have a deeper understanding of how to train. Today, I was joined by Jonathan Levitt. Jonathan is the sales manager at Inside Tracker. He is the host of the For the Long Run podcast, and he is quite an accomplished runner himself as he has broken the impressive three-hour mark in the marathon. Jonathan recently spent two months living and training in Breckenridge, Colorado at an altitude of 9,600 feet, and with his access to Inside Tracker's in-depth analysis of blood work, he was able to see exactly how his body responded and adapted to his time in Breck. After this experience, Jonathan decided to make Colorado his home, and he recently settled in Boulder. This conversation is a good one, and I am sure you will get a lot out of it. Please enjoy my chat with Jonathan Levitt. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good. I uh, just finished uh, my first double in a in a long time, so uh, enjoying getting as, as many miles in, here in Boulder as I can. Speaking of which, welcome to Colorado. You just made it official recently that you, you moved on out here. How's that been going? I did. I love it. Um, I moved down from, from Breckenridge, so coming to Boulder has felt like going to sea level, which <laughs> it's just lovely. For sure, especially coming from actual sea level before that, I'm sure it's been an interesting experience, which is what we're really going to go into today and talk a lot about altitude-specific training. First off, I want to ask you, how did you get into running? So um, I was watching the 2013 Boston Marathon from Wellesley, and I was looking at all these people of different shapes and sizes and colors and whatnot, and I was like, and, and ages. Um, and I was like, wow, if they're all running marathons, I can probably do this. Like, I'm pretty fit. I was uh, 22 at the time, so I was suffering from the, the plague of being a, a, a post-grad male with the uh, <laughs> the ego of, of somebody who's unstoppable. So I was like, oh, if that, you know, 60-year-old, 80-year-old, whatever is running this marathon, I can do it too. And then the, the bombings happened, and uh, I went for a run the next day from the top of Heartbreak Hill. I didn't know it was Heartbreak Hill. And I followed what I thought was the course. And I ran into Boston and was turned around by a SWAT team and big dudes with machine guns. And they said, you can't be here. And so I turned around and I ran right on back to my car. And that was my first half marathon. Um, It was also my first stress fracture. And (laughs) um, I was running like maybe once or twice a week at that point, and I absolutely would not have called myself a runner. I wasn't taking it seriously. I was doing it because I had just graduated college, and that's what everybody does, uh, or so I thought. And but when I finished that that half marathon, I was like, "Wow, that was pretty cool." I wanted like do this properly, and ow, my foot hurts a little bit. But <laughs> um, and so I, I healed up from that injury, and then ended up getting a coach and did it properly and ran my first marathon and blah, blah, blah. Um, but that was, that was really what got me and probably a lot of other Bostonians into running, uh, in April, 2013. Yeah, definitely. That was certainly a, an emotional day for that area. And I'm sure a lot of people felt inspired to go out and, and run after that. For sure. 
Uh, before we go into the conversation about your experience training at Altitude, can you give me a quick rundown on what Inside Tracker offers and, and how it can help with your training and with nutrition? Yeah, so I, I've been working at Inside Tracker for almost seven years now. And what we do is provide personalized guidance on nutrition and supplementation. So there's so much noise out there when it comes to nutrition and like nobody knows what to believe and you see instagram people posting about oh i take this supplement and that supplement and blah 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 and so our mission is to help you cut through the clutter and understand what your body needs and what you need to satisfy your goals versus what you know joe schmo with a hundred thousand followers is is posting about um so it's done via blood test looking at nutrient hormone levels with the output being um do this. So eat this food twice a week, take a supplement in a specific dosage, uh, things like that that are specific and actionable uh, for each individual. Great. Perfect overview. And so you have this really unique perspective because you have this knowledge of, you know, what Inside Tracker offers, and you also have the experience of training for endurance events. And so I got to ask you, was this an intentional experiment to move out to Breckenridge at almost 10,000 feet? Was this an intentional experiment where you wanted to see how your body would respond? No, I'm a yes man. I'll say yes to most things. And my roommate basically said, I'm doing this. Do you want to come? And I said, yes. <laughs> Long story short, um, after saying yes and after paying for, for the two months, I realized that I would be at 9,600 feet for two months. I thought Breckenridge was 8,000 feet or nine, you know, 85, and that would be manageable enough. But I walked in my first run there and I was like, oh my God, what have I, what have I gotten myself into? I, so my, my 10K PR is, I don't know, like high thirties. And the first 10K I ran there was, so that's what a six, low six pace. My first, and that was a race in Boulder, so at altitude. Um, and my first run there was basically a 10K at a 940 pace. <laughs> I was like, uh, excuse me? Like, this is hard. <laughs> yep. So you moved from sea level, you were living in, in the Boston area, up to the mountains, spent two months living in Breckenridge. How was it? I know you just mentioned how hard it was to to run and make that transition, but just in general, what was it like to be living up in the mountains and, and what would, what did your training look like for those two months? It was awesome. I mean, we were surrounded by 14ers and, and 13,000 foot mountains and, and they were snow capped the whole time, got there February 1st and was there through the end of March. And in Boston, I was training, I was running six days a week. In Breckenridge, we dropped that to five and swapped my normal Thursday eight to ten miles to uh, easy cross train, so skiing or hiking or whatever. Um, and for the first couple of weeks, I was doing my long runs as I mean, I was still scheduled for long runs for twelve to fourteen miles, but I was doing like five hour hikes or six hour hikes between nine thousand and twelve thousand feet or thirteen thousand feet, and from a from a cardiac or an output standpoint, looking at um, heart rate, it was as if I was running easy in Boston. So I, I can't run on the roads for five or six hours. Maybe I can, um, <laughs> probably. Um, but I was I was essentially doing the same amount of work as if I were to be doing that at sea level. And so I was getting these major aerobic 
stimuli from hiking and climbing 3,000 feet, 4,000 feet in five hours. And I was doing one workout a week, some strides the day before, and this long hike with maybe a short run afterwards uh, or a ski or whatever and a medium long run on Sundays. And I went from running 60 miles a week to 35 to 40. If you include the hiking, it was closer to 50 or 55. Um, and so the the weekly hours went up by 25 to 50%, but the, the, the mile run miles went down by 25%. So I'm doing more work and recovering better and training less, but exercising more and eating more and sleeping more and drinking more water um, and beer. And, um, and then the other, the other piece that was pretty consistent. So, so I'm coached by David Roche and on like day two, he was like, you should do a hot bath for, for blood plasma volume. I was like, how about a hot tub? <laughs> so we had a hot tub that we had access to. And so I was doing that like five days a week or six days a week for 40 minutes every day. And I think that that had a substantial impact from, a, okay, it's fun to sit in the hot tub with a beer with, with a roommate, um, but it's also functionally effective and helps with altitude adaptation and, and recovery and just being in water helps um, and having fun helps. And so all this stuff was contributing in ways that I wasn't currently doing. And again, less run training, but I feel I, I was super fit um, through just doing strength workouts. So it's very challenging to run fast for a long period of time. So like I didn't run fast for a long period of time, but I was doing a lot of uh, strength work. So hill hill repeats and, you know, every every run up there, you've got 100 feet per mile that you're climbing, basically. So you, know, you do an eight mile run, it's 800 feet of climbing. So everything is a strength run. <laughs> in general, but I was doing pretty much weekly hill workout. So got that, got that strength base. And now we're in a little speed block here. Awesome. Well, that's a good overview of what you did there in, in Breckenridge. And so you have this ability to utilize inside tracker and analyze how your body adapted to this altitude exposure. So what were you able to identify in your blood work out of this experience training at, at altitude? So my hematocrit skyrocketed, which is expected that it goes up. Uh, my hemoglobin jumped. Uh, my red blood cell count jumped. So all these metrics that essentially your your body is requiring a greater production of these values in order to sustain performance and endurance and whatnot. So pe the reason people go to altitude is to force these adaptations. And some people respond well to it and others don't. And it's actually um, detrimental to be at altitude. You look at Gwen Jorgensen. She just posted a couple of weeks ago that her teammates were going out to Park City, 7,000 feet, but she was staying at sea level because it doesn't work for her. Good for her that she knows that her body doesn't respond in that way because if you spend four weeks at altitude and it's not impacting you in a good way, that's wasted. It's not wasted training, but it's not effective training. Now I'm not a professional athlete, so it doesn't really matter. But for somebody like her, or even if I just want to keep getting better, like I should know these things. And my testosterone improved by 30%. Uh, and all of my nutritional values improved as well. I had dramatically changed my diet to basically just eat more and cook more. Um, and 
more pizza um and everything improved literally everything improved and and objectively it was the best the data has ever looked in the seven years that i have been testing with inside tracker so i said okay the the data shows that i need to stay in colorado right and i think what's great about inside tracker is that it offers this kind of in-depth analysis of how your body is adapting to training and how you can optimize things from a training standpoint and nutrition standpoint. This sort of analysis that I think the amateur athlete kind of believes is, is exclusive to the pros and the elites. And I think you're a perfect example and you've shared this very openly on your social media accounts of, of somebody who's been able to get that same kind of really impressive analysis and benefit from that. So I'm really excited. I'm, I'm taking my first inside tracker test uh, shortly. I think next week I'm going to schedule my first one and I'm getting the ultimate, which I'm really excited about. So oh, nice. I'll be doing that shortly. Cool. So I was going to say, so um, we partnered up with Shalane Flanagan and in her storytelling of her experience with Inside Tracker, she talked about that exact point. Like this has always been something reserved for professionals and elites and Olympians. And she's like, I'm excited to share this because this is a tool that everybody should have. It's It shouldn't be reserved for amateurs because it's not just to squeeze out another 1%. It's The company was founded to help all humans improve life and longevity through this personalized approach. It wasn't to help Olympians, you know, hit the top of the podium or help, you know, uber nerds figure out what their blood looks like at 10,000 feet. Um, so, so yes, your point is, is spot on there that um, it's designed to help everyone understand how to feel better through this personalized approach. So excited to hear what you learned with the program. And uh, hopefully uh, many of the listeners will, will take advantage as well. Yeah, for sure. And I'm really excited to, to partner up with Inside Tracker and something that you know, being an Inside Tracker pro, I can get my, my athletes discounted access to Inside Tracker's offerings, which is I'm really excited about because as a coach, it can be very helpful for me to see uh, kind of you know, peel back the curtains and see, see what is, is best for each individual person. So through this experience that you've had training at altitude, any big takeaways that you have uh, that you think could be applicable, both maybe for your own training or for just the, the average runner? Yes. Yeah, so my, my takeaway is that the things that work at altitude are the common things. Like, so Ben Bergeron is a CrossFit coach who says, do the common uncommonly well. The guidance at altitude is to eat more, sleep more and drink more like that's not that's what we should all be doing <laughs> like many runners under fuel many runners don't sleep enough and most of us are dehydrated all the time so the the magnitude of not doing one of those things is greatly emphasized at altitude so i was consistently getting eight and a half hours of sleep i was consistently drinking 100 plus ounces of water and i was consistently like eating because if you didn't do any of those things, you feel like trash and you have a headache. And it's like the it's like a you're hungover without having the joy of like drinking. So it's just a waste. Um, so there's just like a, a penalty for not doing the basics, basically. And I think that if everybody moved to 10,000 feet and lived at 10,000 feet for two months, everybody would be better at everything. Right. Because it forces you to do the unsexy things that get results. Like you can't market nine hours of sleep. You can't market eating enough. You can't market drinking enough water. 
who's doing it? Who's doing that? Nobody's doing that. So it doesn't happen. And so all of these extra variables are emphasized and we fall in love with, you know, the recovery tools and the blah, blah, blah. Like, sure, I have all that stuff too. It's great. But it's the fundamentals that were reinforced to me because out of necessity, because if you don't do them, you feel like crap. Now, if you don't do them at sea level enough, you'll feel like crap. But there isn't that like immediate feedback loop of if you don't do the basics, you will feel like crap. And it's just amplified because of the demand on your body at that at that altitude. That's a great takeaway and something that is applicable for anybody, no matter what altitude they live at or train at. So I want to end with some quick hit questions here. Um, any books that you are reading that you recommend? Um, I, I've i been reading Brene, Brown, Brene Brown's Born, uh, not Born to Run. <laughs> That's a different one. Dare to Lead. Um, and I'm loving it. Okay, great. And what is your favorite general or core strength exercise? Um, I am notorious for not doing that, but um, the Myrtle routine is my is my go to, and and David David and Megan Roche's uh, five minute mountain legs. Good shout out there. Yeah, I just recently started doing the the Myrtle routine. My coach Ryan Miller started prescribing that for me, so that's a good one. I really enjoy it. Pretty simple, pretty quick. Yeah, those hips don't lie. Yeah, for sure. Lastly, what are you currently training for? So I am racing Boston in the October edition uh, with a goal of breaking 250. Um, I broke three for the first time uh, in 2019, and I have my sights set on a 10-minute PR. I, I believe in you. I will tell you personal story. I was a 259 to 249 guy, so... I've done that 10 minute jump. I think you can too, especially with the, the benefit of coming down from 5,500 feet to sea level in October. Yeah, I'm very excited about that variable. I went from 320 to 259. So um, I figure uh, 10 minutes is modest, but it's a little bit faster than, <laughs> than the 320. Yeah. Have you ever done altitude training and then gone down to sea level for a race? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. When I mean when I came from Breck to Boulder, I felt awesome. Um and David was like you're going to when you go back to sea level, you're going to feel like running on a trampoline. Yeah, I'm excited for that feeling. I've yet to do any races since I moved to Colorado a year ago. I've only done races out here and so I'm excited for the opportunity to go down. I'm also scheduled to do Boston, so uh you you are locked in, right? You have a bib? Yep. Awesome. Well, fingers crossed that I, I get in and hopefully we'll we'll get to uh, chase those PRs together in Boston. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Awesome, Jonathan. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you did like this episode, I would greatly appreciate a five-star rating, and also please share this with anyone who you think would benefit from hearing it. Jonathan's social media accounts and podcast info, as well as my website and contact info, are all in the show notes. Make sure you give him a follow and check out his podcast. If you have any questions about the episode or my coaching services, feel free to reach out to me by email or through social media anytime. Next week, I'll be releasing an episode in which I interview the king of FKTs, Jason Hardrath. 
Make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I look forward to bringing you more information to help you become the best version of yourself.